Welcome to Excellent Questions. I'm Yahya Kala, and today I spoke with Morgan Wyborny, a medical imaging technologist. Morgan initially started her career as an X-ray tech after getting her associate's degree in New York, before upskilling and becoming an MRI tech in Utah, where she now lives. This was a great one because I learned a lot about MRIs and got an insider's view on what a tech goes through on the job. Without further ado, let's start the show. Uh, yeah, so I've been on the lookout for just like different kinds of careers, uh, and specifically in like health tech, health technology, mm-hmm. and just trying to get people. Well, this started with my niece, who was she wants to work in healthcare and she wanted to do a job that didn't require like a super expensive education uh and spending like just like 10 years getting a phd and something and then not knowing whether it's going to pan out and i realized i don't know anything about all the different medical professions so i actually interviewed a few already uh, so May is obviously pharmacist, you know, and, uh, I had a nurse on there and, uh, I've got probably a dentist coming soon. Um, so I'm just trying to get a good sense of that. That's kind of my motivation. I mean, I've started this podcast before my niece asked me that, but I figured I, this is really topical for me. And, uh, I just kind of came across a couple of Reddit threads of people, um, uh, kind of talking about some promising careers in in medical imaging and also uh, radiation, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's it's ironic too because as I've gotten older and I've learned more just about adulting in general, and I realize there's a lot of careers and things out there that I didn't know were jobs. If that makes sense, you know, people are like, "Oh, I do this." very obscure job and I'm like how like how did you get there like where <laughs> where like what did you go to school for like how did you even find the like out about this job that it exists um medicine for me always seemed very like straightforward um obviously there's very very many jobs and different categories for jobs but um yeah so what you were saying is uh that this this seemed like uh, a kind of a well-known choice for you um, when you when you kind of went down this path? Kind of. Um, so I always knew that I wanted to go into medicine and I wasn't sure exactly what, as May might have told you, I did go to pharmacy school at first. Um, that didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. It didn't end up being something I was as interested in and the schooling in general was not something I was <laughs> a super big fan of. And the next possible, you know, there's like nursing, you can go to nursing, you can go to technical schools. I basically looked into programs that, like you said, were not going to put me into years and years and years and hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And, you know, community colleges have these programs like nursing, um, rad tech, things like that. And to me, I was like, okay, that sounds cool. I really didn't know much about it before I got into it. And, it just seemed like a decent enough paying job in healthcare that wasn't going to cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars to get. And I 
wasn't really sure I wanted to go into nursing because I was never a huge fan of like blood and needles, but ironically it doesn't faze me at all anymore. So something you definitely get used to. Yeah. I, I meet some of the most unlikely people who are afraid of blood and needles, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, I guess it would like a lot of things you get used to it. You go into my career and you learn really quick that if you work in a hospital, you're not going to avoid blood or gross things or, you know, it's, it's just impossible. So you get used to it very quickly. Yeah. So I guess in one sentence, we could start it off. What is a medical imaging technologist? In one sentence, a medical imaging technologist is basically a photographer of healthcare, essentially. Um, saying medical imaging technologist covers a, actually a very wide scope of jobs. Uh, most of us start as x-ray techs, which I did, and then we can branch off. Um, the, you know, medical imaging covers uh, CAT scans, MRIs, ultrasound, PET scans, nuke medicine, mammography. So all of those are in essence taking pictures of the body in a different way, shape, or form to help diagnose patients. So, Mm. And were you ready to do all of those things right out of school or did you have to like do additional training for those? So basically each one of those is additional training. You, the majority of us start off in rad tech, radiologic technologists which is a dedicated program you do have to go through. Um, It's about two years. It's actually over two years, two years straight. So you're going in the summer and then the winter as well. And you do have to have prereqs to get into those programs. Um, And like A&P, anatomy and physiology, uh, math, English. So that's kind of another year or two before that. And then when I graduated, I had a license in radiologic technology so it's basically you're an x-ray tech so um, you're taking x-rays working with radiation um, and then depending there's a lot of different ways to cross train um, some places will cross train you in things like ct mri but a lot of times nowadays you have to go through another program to get trained to do these things so yes and no to answer your question um, ultrasound is another year of schooling and uh, nuclear medicine is also another year or two of schooling, if I'm not mistaken. Mammography is something you can be uh, cross-trained in or there's usually like six month programs where I live in Utah. There are some colleges that offer another year to get your bachelor's to be able to perform these exams. Um, essentially the way it works, at least here in the United States, I can't speak to Canada, but we pretty much every modality that there is, whether it's x-ray, CT, MRI, we are accredited by the United States, um, the American, American registry of radiologic technologists is our governing board. And to be able to work anywhere now, pretty much you have to be board certified in the modality that you're servicing. So I'm board certified in x-ray and I'm board certified in MRI as well. And so you were 
talking about colleges offering these. So would it be, would be the basic requirement would be like a two-year college diploma to get yep. started uh, in uh, X-ray? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's an Associates of Applied Science. Um, a lot of community colleges offer them. I went to a community college to get mine. It's pretty much where you get it. I'm not saying there are some colleges that do offer it that aren't community colleges, but it's most widely found at community colleges. And then there's a variety of ways that you can continue on, switch modalities, learn more. It's a, it's a very big field with a lot of opportunity for growth and learning. So if you like to learn and do a multitude of, multitude of different things, then it's definitely uh, a career for that type of person. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like there's all these different uh, imaging devices that you could specialize in, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, for x-rays, do you have to uh, take some precautions to kind of, uh, I guess for other technologies as well, but do you have to take precautions to avoid the radiation damaging you in any way? Uh, yes. So at least today, in today's modern uh, x-ray um, field, a lot of the radiation doses are very minimal. Uh, we're not using film anymore. We're using computed uh, technology, digital photography with x-rays that has been able to reduce the dosage amounts to obtain these pictures by a lot. However, uh, people like myself that could be exposed to it routinely, there are rules that we do have to follow. Um, we do get badges dosimeter badges which monitor our radiation doses and those are we have limits of how much that we're allowed to receive most people don't really receive anything unless they're exposed uh, to like the OR or uh, there's fluoroscopy exams which are kind of like live x-ray um, and those are monitored throughout our lifetime there's a whole lifetime dosage that's maximum that we're allowed to receive I don't think anyone ever even reaches it or gets close every dosimeter that I've ever had is always read like a negligible amount. When we're in the room, if we have to be in the room, we do have, you know, heavy lead shielding, thyroid shield, things like that that's made of lead to keep the x-rays from actually entering our body. And the rooms themselves are lined with lead. The windows are lined with lead so that the radiation can't get through the wall, essentially. So there's a lot of protections around x-rays specifically to protect the workers. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. So, walk me through a day in the in kind of your work your work day. Um, um, so, MRI is. I'll just kind of go over the differences um, for those people that don't necessarily know. So, MRI is no radiation. Um, it's magnetic resonance imaging. So, it's a combination of uh, very strong magnets as well as radio frequency pulses that enter the body to help create these images on the computer. I don't know who came up with it. I do, but you know, I don't know how someone thought that this was going to work or this was going to be a good idea. But um, that being said, there's no radiation. However, it's very dangerous for some people or could be dangerous in general. With MRI, there's a whole other set of things that you must be concerned about. Um, part of my job is making sure that nobody gets injured or killed, basically. Um, the magnet mm. is always on. It's a very strong magnet. So um, the, the doors are, you know, sealed. The walls 
are lined with uh, lead, copper, things like that to keep the magnetic field in because certain patients, uh, people that have implants like pacemakers and things like that, if they're exposed to a magnetic field like that, it could potentially break the pacemaker, overstimulate them, kill them. Um, so that's like a big part of my job as well is to keep people out that aren't supposed to be in there and make sure that if you do need to be in there that you're completely safe to go inside. That being said, um, um, a lot of us work 13 hour shifts. It varies though, depending on if you work for in like a hospital, if you work for outpatient imaging, the facility you're at, um, it's, it's very different. Um, some, just in my experience, I'm used to working 13s, but a lot of people uh, work eights as well. Um, we usually have pretty high patient load. MRIs are big in demand. They do take a bit longer to acquire. So the weight, you know, you can only fit so many people in a day. So a lot of times we're scheduled out for weeks to get patients in for these scans. Um, MRI is really sought after because it's not radiation and it has these really cool in-depth pictures of soft tissue and organs and bones and tendons and ligaments that x-ray can't pick up. So it's definitely one of the top tier that doctors like to get imaging for depending on what they're looking for. And so basically my day is going in, getting everything set up for the day, making sure that all the equipment's working, that you're, everything's clean. You have, especially with COVID, obviously we have a lot of extra time built into our schedules for sanitization and um, facing patients out and just checking the schedule. And usually when I come in, there's, you know, patient ready to go within 20 minutes of me arriving. So then it's just scanning patients all day, depending on the schedule kind of the basic of it <laughs> yeah yeah well that uh, i have actually had an mri done not too long ago and i had i had to wait a, a little while to get it and i felt claustrophobic in there i had to go into the the tube thing and um had to make sure i had my ring off um I, i'm not sure if all metal is it all you have to take off all metals so it's kind of uh, misconception about MRI that the biggest thing that you're concerned about is the metal pulling, um, in which I didn't even really know much about it before I actually went into it, is one thing is, yes, that uh, we don't want anything that is ferrous or magnetic in there, because if it's in there, it's going to pull to the magnet. Um, small things aren't as big of a deal. Um, you know, I could wear maybe a necklace or uh, my watch is a little bit magnetic, but um, it's, you know, big things, the biggest concern is, you know, oxygen tanks. Those have, uh, there was an incident way, way back when that someone was killed by an oxygen tank flying into the room. Um, so in that sense, that's part of it. Uh, the other part, big part of it that people don't realize is we do ask you to remove all metal because we are using radio frequencies, the waves, the loud noises that you would have heard to help create these pictures. Um, whenever energy enters your body, it has to exit in some form. And so it exits in heat. So when you're in the scanner, depending on the body part that you're getting scanned, you heat up a lot. And if metal heats up, it can injure you. It can burn your skin. Um, if it's something that is internal, it can heat up and burn you. So there's a lot of things 
like dangers that come along with my job. And that's uh, part of why we ask you to remove all metal because we uh, want absolutely no risk of any injury to you at all when you're in that scanner. So, yeah, you know, what are this, some of the things that typically you got to watch out for with, with patients coming in? Um, like maybe the less extreme accidents, but some of the regular things that you got to deal with. So the biggest things that we're concerned about um, are like implanted devices, uh, pacemakers, um, neurostimulators, things like that, that are mechanical and that provide, they usually provide some sort of like shocking to your insides. Um, those are things that we have to be aware of. Uh, aneurysm clips and stents, those are big ones. Um, you wearing your ring in isn't really as big of a concern for us. Um, as well as jewelry, we do want you to remove it because there are incidents of them heating up and burning, but the probability isn't necessarily every time it's going to happen. And one of the new things that we do have to be aware of, um, which is just kind of amusing, is uh, clothing. And there's a lot of new clothing out, uh, specifically athletic clothing, that is anything that's like antimicrobial, um, moisture wicking, a lot, those new materials have uh, silver uh, woven into the material and that can heat up and burn your skin. So those are kind of like the biggest things. Um, it's really anything internal that we're concerned about that we can't look at you and gauge what it is. <laughs> um, okay. Not so much, yeah. not so much like bone implants. Uh, if you have like knee replacements or screws, things like that, anything in your bone is very solid. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to really heat up. So. Yeah. And even if like your ring heats up a little bit, like who needs fingers? Uh, anyway. <laughs> right. It's not a huge deal. You know, you watch out for the, for the big deal, not the, not the regular finger loss. <laughs> uh, so it's, yeah, it sounds like it's a pretty busy job in terms of fitting a lot of people in to a day. You're, you're all booked up for weeks at a time. Um, so you, your shifts are typically, you said 13 hours, 12, 13 hours. Yeah. Um, mine are, but that's not everybody. Um, a lot of people at the hospital do work eight. Um, like I said, it really varies on the facility and sometimes even what you like working, not saying that, you know, all of my jobs are flexible with what I want to work, but um, I'm used to working 13 hour shifts. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure you've met a lot of different, you know, technologists over the years. It's probably been, how many years have you, since you started working? Um, so I have been a tech, I graduated as an x-ray tech and I worked um, since 2015 and so about five years. And then I was cross, I, I cross trained, uh, did a program for MRI um, almost two years ago. So mm. I've been an MRI tech for, it's actually about a year and a half um, that I've been doing MRI solely. So. Okay. And you've, you've probably met a lot of other technologists since then. What would you say is, um, makes a good technician? The biggest thing specifically with MRI 
is patience. Um, as you said, you got a little claustrophobic in the tube. I think 75% of my patients do, at least in some way, shape, or form. So it is a bit, you have to be able to slow down, even when you're extremely busy, even when you're, you know, backed up or behind schedule. Um, there, you know, everyone that comes in is an individual person, and you don't know why they're there, if they already got bad news, if they're waiting bad news, if, you know, what happened the day before they came in, and if they're claustrophobic, you know, they need extra time um, for them to feel comfortable enough to even try to do the scan. So I've found that uh, having a lot of patience and just not being in a rush, but not being in a rush is kind of, you have to have a balance between the two. Yeah. So it sounds like you are dealing with the patients in a way that you kind of have to keep things moving smoothly, but also have them comfortable enough to actually get into the machine. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, so there's no, uh, it's, there's a bit of corralling involved. Sometimes, depending on the person, uh, again, nobody, I can probably count on one hand how many people have come in and been like, oh, that was so cool. <laughs> um, you know, not everyone, nobody comes in for fun, you know. So a lot of it is just trying to make it as comfortable as possible so that they can get the scan done um, because obviously they need it for some reason or other. And if they, you know, want to get better or they need answers, they have to get it done. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, there are some exceptions to that. You know, I don't know if you ever watched Scrubs, but there's this one character when the hospital got like a new imaging machine. He just like, he comes in and he goes, he's all happy. And he's like, I want to know everything that's wrong with me. <laughs> I think you could, uh, there's a lot of imaging techs that I know that were the same way. We're like, ah, oh, you know, medical professionals sometimes become hypochondriacs because we see the worst of the worst. So we're always like, oh, do I have a tumor in my brain? Like I have a headache right now, man. Like maybe I should get in and we should just scan my whole body. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we don't do that necessarily, but it'd be nice. Yeah, well, that's a good segue into into what would be the occupational hazards. I think just a lot of people get burnt out, and you can find that in any healthcare field. Um, medical imaging itself is very demanding. Uh, there's a lot of need for technologists, depending on the area that you're in. Um, a lot of new facilities are being built, uh, more people are getting treated, more people are getting sick. And so a lot of these schedules are packed. Um, you don't necessarily always get a break. You don't always get a break to eat lunch. You know, you got to get your patients in and out. But like I said, also take time so that they're willing to do the exam. And I think sometimes if you do become overworked, you, you just get burnt out. And so it's kind of figuring out when that happens or when, you know, the limit that you have so that you can, you know, realize it, take some time to yourself, spend time doing things that you enjoy, try to reduce your stress, things like that. And on the flip side, you know, what's, what are some of the perks, the best things about doing this sort of work? Um, some of the best things, is, part of it for me is MRI is 
super interesting to me. Like I said, I the thought process of someone to think this up is incredible to me. I am no physicist uh, or engineer. So, you know, a lot of the deep, deep down technical aspects of how this works are still uh, a little bit uh, not coherent to me. However, we did have, you do have to understand a good amount of physics of the machine and how it works and how it works with your body. And so learning all that was super interesting to me. Um, you know, doing these scans and uh, in the most kind way, you know, seeing seeing things wrong. I don't know how to make that sound good, but sometimes, you know, the medical mysteries or the, the strange things that you see as a tech, uh, you know, you learn so much on the job and no person, no two people are alike. And so even just noticing the differences between like anatomy, things like that. Um, but then also just the generality of helping people, which I think, you know, is pretty cliche and pretty much anyone in healthcare is mm. going to say that. But I meet a lot of people. Um, do I spend all day with them? No. Sometimes it's only 30 minutes. Sometimes it's three hours. And some of those people are cranky. Some of them are grumpy. Some of them don't want anything to do with me, and that's fine. But some of them, you know, I have patients that come in to the hospital or come down from the floors that, you know, talk my ear off. And they're like, I'm so sorry. Like you're the first person I've seen and talked to in like hours. And I'm like, Oh, it's totally fine. Like, you know, let's chat. Like how, you know, what do you want to talk about? And, you know, the patients that genuinely appreciate your help and that you can see want to be helped. Um, it warms your heart. And I know that I'm helping make a difference in their lives by, you know, furthering their treatment, getting them answers, you know, things like that. So. Yeah. It sounds like you are able to wield this powerful tool to get people the insights that they're looking for, or at least rule certain things out. I mean, there's a reason that they were put on that wait list for however long they had to wait to get an MRI and, you know, something was concerning their, their doctor or, or whoever referred them. And they just got one step closer to figuring out what was wrong with them. You mentioned that you started off as an x-ray tech and you transitioned to MRI. Mm -hmm. um, so what was that? What made you choose that as your uh, next step? It was not difficult, but partially difficult because like I said, there's so many options and they're all so completely different. But the thing, I wasn't really sure to be completely honest. Mm. I kind of just took a guess. Um, MRI seemed just so much different than x-ray in general. Uh, CT is kind of a more powerful x-ray in a sense, um, but there's a lot of cool post-processing um, computer work that CTs can do. So it is pretty incredible as well. But MRI just seemed so completely different. Um, I'm someone that loves to learn. And um, I just wanted to try something new. But I knew that there was still other options for me. If someday I want to learn another modality or, you know, go back to x-ray or anything like that, like that's always still a possibility for me. So You get your basic uh, starter education, I suppose. And then 
if you want to learn another modality, you can do like an accelerated thing after that where you do like a year or less. Yep, pretty much. Um, there are some places that will cross-train you on the job, but those are becoming less frequent just because you do have to take these board exams. And, you know, the physics is kind of complicated to teach yourself. Um, I was able to sit for my boards in less than six months, which people that learn on the job can't say that they're able to do. And it's also just easier, I think, for, to be honest, for hospitals and, you know, centers financially if they come trained. So a lot of places want you to just go get that training on your own and then come work for them as able-bodied, ready-to-go tech. But um, when you do cross-train, uh, there can be pay increases depending on, you know, what the modality is, where, where you are, if you're in what state you're in. And so a lot of people do cross-train to uh, increase their income as well. So. Yeah, yeah. I guess, so for somebody who's fresh out of school, what would be like their salary range somewhere in the Midwest, perhaps? Um, and um, it's coming out of like a two-year program, let's say. So, yeah. Um, so out here, I can't say 100% because I didn't start out here after school. But I believe it's somewhere around like 19 to $20 an hour. Um, math is hard. So <laughs> I don't actually know how much yearly that can be. But that's uh, usually the going rate for uh, a fresh tech, like right out of school. Like I said, a lot of people do start with x-ray jobs first, um, which I think is also great because, you know, you do get that experience in a hospital setting, the patient care setting. Um, a lot of those skills transfer to any other healthcare setting in general. So, um, but, you know, every year that you go, you do, you can get paid more uh, based on years of experience. So um, you're able to work up a bit if you'd like to, well, I mean, everyone would like to quickly. Um, and each modality that you cross train in is a little bit different financially. Um, and again, I can only speak to, you know, what I understand out here is uh, you can make up to maybe $10 an hour more cross-training, again, depending on where you work, uh, what setting you work in, and the state, because it varies so much state by state. You know, you go to California, and the cost of living is a lot different than Utah, so you're going to make probably more like $50 an hour or something like that. So. Mm. Probably, yeah. I have no idea what the, the numbers are. It, it really. So, where did you get started? Was it out out east? Uh, in New York, yeah. So I graduated yeah. college from New York, and I worked there for three years mm. in X-ray specifically before moving out to Utah. Mm. I heard a lot of good things about Utah, namely the lack of humidity. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's uh, definitely something that. I didn't think I'd miss, but when you don't have it and your skin's completely dry and, uh, you know, your hair's dry and it's not the greatest, but the summers are a bit better because, you know, I can go outside and still have jeans on at 70 degree weather while in New York, that's not the case. So. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. So what would you do, you know, if you were to start over, I, I always ask myself this because my answer changes on a daily basis depending on what I know at the time. You know, it's always like, it's it's kind of a, 
what would you do if you were to start over? Honestly, I kind of agree with the whole changes day to day thing. Um, like I said earlier, you know, as you get older, you learn about all these other jobs and career fields and cool things that these people are doing. And you're like, what? Like, who told you about that? Like, where did you learn about that? Where did you go to school? Like, who guided you in high school to get to that position? <laughs> you know, like, so it's really hard for me to say because I am interested in so many different things. Um, I do love healthcare, so, you know, I don't necessarily regret going into it at all. Maybe, um, you know, going, a, and it's not like I can't, you know, it's never too late to do anything that you want, but um, maybe even just going uh, into school for, uh, to be a physician assistant, um, something along those lines. Not that I still can't, but starting a little bit more direct with that, but even just, you know, skipping over healthcare completely, you know, I could have become an English teacher or something <laughs> like that. So I don't necessarily believe anything would be too much different if I want a different route, but it is interesting to think back and be like, well, what if, like, what if I had done this differently? <laughs> Yeah, I actually, you know, uh, over time, my answer started to become closer and closer to what I actually did because, because uh, at first I was like, oh, now I know all these things and I I could have d taken this different path and, you know, been way better. But looking back, I'm like, I answer the question now, knowing what I knew back then, I would have done the exact same thing because I had those different motivations. I had different exposure to things and that's the move that I chose that made the most sense for me. So, uh, you know, usually the only time you regret, I suppose, is when you, when you don't truly follow your conviction right. or you do something for the wrong reasons. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what would you, t like for uh, somebody who's like 16, 17 and they're, they want to get into the medical field, generally speaking, but they, they want to, they don't want to be a doctor. They don't want to study for 10 years, uh, but they want to, they want to help people. They want to really make an impact and, and uh, possibly consider imaging technology as a, as a viable choice for them. What would you say to them? Uh, the biggest recommendation I could give to anybody that was possibly interested is to find opportunities to shadow um, or volunteer. There's a lot of volunteer opportunities in hospitals, um, in the ERs, things like that. There's a lot to healthcare and the way hospitals run and all of the jobs that are incorporated in the healthcare field in general that you don't know about or you don't realize what it really entails until you see the job. So, um, big thing, you know, x-ray, there's a lot of things that go into it. I didn't realize when I started schooling that part of my job was to be to go to the OR. I had no idea I was going to have to spend time in the OR. And so I think that if, you know, you're not sure or it sounds interesting to maybe try to get in on a day or two and just actually see what it's like or to reach out and find someone that actually does the job or does, you know, anything along the healthcare field to get some insight, you know, get actually hear what their day is like. And so you can see if that's something that even sounds like remotely interesting to you um, before you jump into expensive college and uh, 
you know, all those things that change your mind because you don't like it type of thing, which I can attest that I'm sure a lot of us in our generation have done that. So, Yeah. Yeah. Some people are better at, are more in touch with that than others. You know, when I realized I didn't like my program, I stuck with it for another six years, but that's neither here nor there. But um, the, okay. So shadowing is something I, I've been hearing more lately, just, you know, interviewing people and, and it comes up a lot. So I'm wondering, do you know of any ways to shadow people? Are there like groups that facilitate this or do you just reach out to people you know? Um, there are sometimes groups that do facilitate this and, you know, each hospital and state is going to be so completely different um, and the company as well because it is a hospital um, and there are concerns, uh, you know, privacy concerns, HIPAA concerns, um, safety concerns. So it is kind of involved before you can just do it. Uh, the hospital I work at, I believe if you, you know, contacted the HR department or something like that, they would be able to give you guidance as to what to do. Um, like I said, they do have a lot of volunteers in the hospital in general. So that could be something that, you know, they could reach out to see if that's possible. Um, and just like the programs in general, I would say, you know, if you're interested in maybe becoming and getting into medical imaging or rad tech, you know, if you know what colleges or schools around you offer these programs, reach out to those programs. They might be able to set you up, you know, with a, a day for shadowing. Um, they're going to have a lot of resources on how that's even possible. Same with nursing. If you possibly reach out to the nursing program, things like that. Um, it also looks really good uh, depending on where you are in uh, your process. If you are in high school or if you're just starting out in college, things like that. If you do apply to these programs, they're going to see that you shadowed and it's, it's going to look really good to know that you actually have a sense of what you're getting into. So, Yeah, that's awesome. I remember the first shadowing I did, I uh, it was for high school. We had a project. We were supposed to pick a family member and shadow them and then like give a presentation about it. So my dad was away. I think he was working as a truck driver at the time. And uh, I, I procrastinated until the day before. And I just like walked over to this uh, oil change place. They call it Jiffy Lube in Canada. I don't know if Jiffy Lube's in the yeah, US it too, is. is it? Yeah, okay. So I went to Jiffy Lube and I, I, I was like, hey, can I shadow you tomorrow? Because that was the day I was supposed to do it. Um, and that was a really fun experience. I learned so much about oil changes that I have since forgotten, but <laughs> I, it, it was a great time. Shadowing people is, I, I'd like to even just do that for my own learning at this point, but it's definitely useful for people considering a certain career path. Yeah. And so. then also saying, um, you know, if you are shadowing in high school, uh, I would assume that if you reach out to like your, you know, guidance department, counselors, things like that, they probably have a ton of resources on helping you get uh, shadowing opportunities, depending on where and what you're looking at doing. So, yeah, yeah, I, uh, I would, I would caution anyone from doing some kind of online quiz to figure out what you want to do. I remember my last guest, I was talking to her about this and she said some, well, some guy sitting next to her got funeral director. 
yeah, great advice today. And uh, if you're trying to get into the field, um, don't give up. A lot of times these programs are small and they're competitive and you have to be willing to try more than once sometimes. I had to apply twice for my x-ray program because they, you know, a lot of them only take 20, maybe 30 students a year. And while we need a ton of people in, in the health field in general, uh, the training, you have to be able to give these people hands-on training. Uh, we do a lot of clinical hours in the hospital working with the techs. And so there's only so many students that they can handle a year. And so if it's something you really want to do and you have shadowed and you've done all the work to get into it and you find that maybe you applied and you got rejected, just don't give up. Just try again, pretty much. Mm. Excellent advice. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this. I uh, I really appreciate it. I know that's... Uh doing a podcast on the airwaves to millions of listeners is a bit of a daunting task but uh yeah it was it's, fun it's a new experience yeah. for me so you never know hundred max <laughs> i mean this might take off i don't know fingers crossed right for you that's the end of the show thanks for listening if you have questions for me or requests for future guests send me a voice note at the link in the show notes i'll make sure to play it on the show and answer your question like always if you're looking for some help on your next career move head on over to yahiakala.com and sign up for a free 30-minute discovery call to see if coaching is right for you see you next week